0: you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Living in a scientific age, we need citizens
1: who know enough about science to make intelligent decisions about what they do.
2: we use used science to, to prolong life, to increase security and happiness. But it can also be used for destruction. Are we going to use it constructively,
1: It'll be up to you, and you too.
0: Ah, it's good to hear that much too much too long theme song once again.
2: How you doing? How you been?
0: I have been up and down. It's been a month or so since we recorded, so there's lots to catch up on. But well, yes, I'm doing well.
2: Nice. I uh, I was chatting with our friend Chelsea Heath.
0: Oh yes, yeah,
2: Chelsea, and uh, uh, we have a mutual friend, Joe. And uh, we were talking about Joe has been losing a lot of weight. He's been on the Dolly Parton diet. Have you heard of the Do- Dolly Parton I have Barton? not, yeah. no. Uh, Joe was fat, um, but it's it's really made...
1: Jolene, Jolene, Jolene. Jolene.
0: <clears throat> the extra mile did it. The actual, Yeah. <laughs> Wow! Well done. What a what a great re entrance to to recording again. Although we did so, yeah, we've been gone a little bit. But last week we did record at the Portland Fan Expo. We did a we live did. a live taping of Portland at the movies that I actually just put up yesterday into the feed. Um, I forgot to put it in the Mark and Talkcast feed, but whatever. Um, but yeah, the show the show went really well, and um, both our our live recording and and the rest of it it was. Good to be back and good to be doing something like that again, which is something that I enjoy from the safety of having a booth, but still in, getting
2: in person scads of people touching and yeah. sneezing all over yeah. the place. Yeah.
0: And and the, unless, you were, unless you were Brent Spiner Data from Star Trek, who was the one that had like the full plexiglass oh, really? thing in between. And he, and he would like it, it, touch one side of it and the other people would <laughs> touch the other side. And I'm like... Jim, you, you do I have you. been
2: and shall always be your friend.
0: <laughs> but there was a lot of, yeah, a lot of celebs there this time. There yeah. was the reunion of Back to the Future, which I realized that they can never get Crispin Glover, the guy who played the dad, because he's just too, he's too insane to even be involved in any of those things. But I did end up watching Back to the Future and Back to the Future 2 with some of the kids. and Fun. Wow, man, that first movie just holds up so well um i got to meet leah thompson my yes, you did. probably my first crush um because i was 10 when that came out and that uh, the, her the 50s version of her i always had a crush on so that was neat and awkward that was the first time because i've never done autograph things or whatever and yep. brian was collecting um his for his back to the future which i mean those i'm going to be all over the place for a while so just it's strap okay. in everyone um the The marketing and uh, capitalism side of these autograph things are fascinating. Yeah, because these celebrities will come here. Like William Shatner was there, Anthony Daniels, C three PO guy was there, bunch of Star Trek people, Trailer Park Boys, people from The Office, all these people, and Michael J. Fox was there. And I think this was their first reunion in, in quite a while for the four. There were the the yeah the four main stars. And so you could get um, a baseline price like with Michael J. Fox will say to get his autograph and you'll pick one of the pictures, uh, headshots that they have, you know, lined up at the table. You pick one. He signs one. That's one price. If you want to get an object signed, that is a higher tiered price. If that object is a DeLorean that is an even higher price, and wow. so Brian wanted, has a has a really neat model of the DeLorean like it's super detailed and all that so he took it off the base that it stands on because that's where he was getting his autographs so he was able to work around the and then so at these tables we were uh, Brian and I's table were set up we had this crazy passive-aggressive fight with the people who set up the event <laughs> but that's a story for a different time but they ended up setting up a booth of one of the p of the table that so like when Brian got Michael J. Fox's autograph he had basically a a ticket voucher you take that ticket voucher to a table you show your object that you want signed to that table they log it who it is what it is then they give you a ticket to go stand in line then you stand in line and like he was standing in line sometimes for an hour and a half you know long long time you stand in line Then you get called up. It's just the big bank of tables uh, along the wall and they've got everyone situated there and everyone's got a little team. And he said Michael J. Fox especially was very much a factory of what was going on because Michael J. Fox does have Parkinson's. And so you would get then go up to the counter give them your object guy on other side would take object, pass it to the lady that's next to him who would pass it to, and like down the line and down the line, put it in front of Michael J. Fox. He signs it. you have your little interaction and you go, and it's just like this machine, because there's thousands of people waiting. Um, so, yeah, I, I uh, he brought me along then to meet Leah Thompson because he heard me talk about how I had a crush on her. And he's like, well, and somebody, you guys came. Yeah. So you guys were able to watch the booth, yep. which is very nice. So thank you for making that opportunity <laughs> happen for me.
2: Making your dreams My come dreams true. My dreams come true. So,
0: yeah, I mean, it's such a weird interaction because, like, you are literally <clears throat> paying them to acknowledge you as a human being so it's like very much a crazy like (laughs) situation and then so we're waiting there's someone right in front of us that has something or other that they want signed and then but then the people behind got Brian's thing confused with them, and then so like we there was like this weird line thing. And then, but she was just super sweet and super nice, and I we chatted with her, and I said something ridiculous about. I remember you came. Back oh my again. gosh, I started because I'm like I know what I want to say, but like what's the introduce and you know that introductory sentence is the killer, and somehow when I got up there, I started. Brian had, he was the one that, you know, paid for it, So he had his interaction and I would just would stand, was stood back or whatever. And she obviously at the end acknowledged that I was there and <laughs> shook my hand. And so I said, have you ever watched the show lost <laughs> a show? She is not on, has no connection to <laughs> has no meaning. And she was like, I uh, guess. Yeah. And I'm like, now what do I do? I'm like, how did that work? <laughs> <laughs> and so I was trying to explain that, like through different periods of my life, there's that the idea of the constant of the thing that like okay that thing is there so I must be safe. and right? I was trying to relay that and I I did steer out of the skid that I put myself in and Brian was like okay that ended up well but
2: I I did almost <laughs> the ex, the, very similar situation you yeah, know I was really active in the Christian music industry back in the nineties. This guy in Cademan's Call, Derek Webb, I've been to a dozen of his shows, talked to him a dozen times and and all this stuff, and he was in Cademan's Call when they came to Portland and two of the three main vocalists came down with laryngitis uh that night. Uh, or it's or three during vocalists?
0: The day. <clears throat> Are they like an a cappella group?
2: No, no. no there okay, was it was like two main the guys and a sister and was, <clears throat> depending on which song. Yeah, okay, okay. whatever. And <clears throat> and so like um I kind of led with that of like, <laughs> oh You know, I was a promoter back in the day when you guys came to Portland, and two of the band, you know, two of the main band members lost their voice. And he's like, "Oh, that sounds terrible." (laughs) And and I'm like, "No, it, it. Well, it wasn't. I was, I was trying to anchor." something that he might have remembered. Yeah. of oh, right? course. Yeah, <laughs> and, no, that
0: was a great shot. And just... He
2: did not at all. He didn't pick up. <laughs> and I'm like, no, it wasn't that turn that I didn't want to like, uh, uh, go into a 15 minute diatribe, uh, you know, a monologue about, well, uh, you know, uh, caveman's uh, calling. Man, and and cause I said, I'm just like, no, it, trust me. Yeah. It, it, it all worked out. Well. Uh, <laughs> The show is great i really uh because the previous time that i saw him and these are all like house shows so there's like 30 people in total in the concert and so you get chat time to chat and the last time i mentioned that i had seen him you know perform alongside uh, uh kevin max in uh at the viper room in hollywood which he did remember oh, okay. at that time. And so we had like a good a little connection sharing. Yeah. You know? And so I thought I'd like try a different one out and it just flopped. And so, well, one
0: see, Brian like, went to see, so he saw Leah Thompson and Michael J. Fox. He already had Christopher Lloyd's uh, autograph. And then he went to get Thomas F. Wilson who played uh, Biff. And my thing about Biff was like, not even, not only is he like, one of the great movie villains of all time that is like never on those lists just because of like what he does with all, especially through all three of the movies, each one of the biffs is its own. It's not just like biff in clothes or whatever. It's like a different little characterization. So I kind of feel bad because I feel like his career suffered from probably being typecast as that guy. So he took
2: a picture at expo at fan expo, of the four of them. Yeah, yeah, I saw And that. that got published in in there was a famous newspaper and I'm I'm not going to say it because I don't remember exactly which one okay. and I don't want to discredit right, right, right. shame somebody who didn't do this, but one of the, like like a New York Times here sure, sure, sure. stuff. And they cropped out him and left the other three and it was his photo. He took the
0: photo. Oh my gosh. That's so bad. And yeah, nobody the remembers... The Back to
2: the Future re- reunion. <laughs> oh, come on.
0: Guys. That's so awful. And yeah, he, he also does stand-up. And if you uh, know a little bit about it, Thomas F. and his name, he has all these little songs about... He used to hand out business cards of like... Yes, I was in Back to the Future. Yes, Michael J. Fox is a very nice person or whatever and just hand those to people. But he was also in Freaks and Geeks. He right? had he was like in two or three episodes where he was the gym coach and then like had a really like beautiful character turn of like just am- this amazing performance. And so when Brian was going to go meet him, we were trying to figure out that like you know, what was our in going to be or whatever. And we have a mutual friend with thomas wilson and so we had that angle but then i was like freaks and geeks i bet you no one ever brings that up to him because like nobody ever saw that show it was on a season or whatever and i was like and that probably would get him excited because like that's a real acting role that's not biff or whatever and so back and forth or whatever then brian goes (laughs) to meet him and comes back i was like how did it go he's like oh he's nice and he was like, yep, I, I said, oh, you know, I think we had this mutual friend waiting for, like, a reaction or whatever. And he was just like, oh, cool. I know that guy. <laughs> <laughs> the end. <laughs> Which I don't blame them because, it's, like, I mean, we sat there next to, like, the row of these people and just scads of people. And same questions, same interactions the, over and right, over and the over. The unevenness
2: and, of the interactions yeah. makes makes it so hard. It, yeah. You know, they are the one person and we are one the of masses. the 5,000 that he's going to see that yeah. day. You yeah. know, And every one of us has a personal, I know you and I've seen you and I want to yeah. know And it, yeah, it's tough. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, and they, then uh, the, the other person,
0: yeah, the other person we met was, um, um, oh no, I'm blanking his name. It's like the greatest character. <laughs> Animation voice. Every does Fry, and he does um, oh, uh, the Futurama voices. Yep. Um, um. And Ren and Stimpy. And yes. And uh, if you wouldn't have asked Frank me what his name, name, I know, right? Um, um. But yeah. Um. From Futurama, and and just a ton of other him and him and Frank Welker are like to Billy West. Thank you. Good grief. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Billy West. Sorry, Billy West. Um. But he was kind of set up near our booth, and so Brian finally kind of went over. Well, and Brian. Oh, so there was all this drama with. Caesar the no drama llama and I don't know maybe it's too dangerous to talk about in our show I don't know if they want it out but much like people who say they don't like drama there is a surprising amount of drama around the no drama llama and so the first day that the convention people told Brian that he wasn't allowed to ride his unicycle around and like half the people told him no no not on the concrete and the other people were like no no no, not on the carpet not on the concrete, and like they were telling him conflicting things yeah yeah and so like, that's the Unipipers thing. Elsie's just a bagpiper and like <laughs> nobody likes a bagpiper. So, <laughs> and then that's also what he'll do. He'll ride past like the little celebrity row and play a, the tune of one of the people are there and they'll often call him over or whatever. And so finally in the second day, after all this passive aggressiveness, he just decided to ask uh, forgiveness instead of permission and just started doing it. And, <coughs> and so he rode by Billy West and. Billy West called him over and and so I was standing there too and Billy West had him play an Irish song and then he was taping Brian and I was like oh that's kind of a neat experience to Tell watch it. like a celebrity be excited about something else so much that they want to take a little phone recording of it just like we're just like we do with them <laughs> celebrities are just like us
2: just like us
0: <clears throat> so I Kind of stood in the background again with that when Brian got, because Brian was a big Ren and Stimpy fan, so had him do a little Ren and Stimpy thing, which he gladly did. And as we were saying goodbye, you know, he went over, oh, and shook my hand, too. And I said, you know, um have you seen Lost? <laughs> <laughs> You're my constant, <cousin! laughs> ah! Corky! <laughs> No, they uh, said Dr. Zoidberg is one of the greatest oh, yeah. characters Absolutely. of all time. And he's like, oh, oh. everybody wants Renu Stimby's autograph, but why not Zoidberg? <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> That's I almost amazing. died. It That's was so amazing. great. And when we were standing in line, he did Zap Brannigan, which is my other favorite yeah. from Futurama. So I got to hear oh. that voice come out of it. It's just like, oh, it's such, it's so interesting to. Have that dissonance of, yeah. of, of things wow so, oh that's awesome yeah it that's was really very, great, great cool. really really great and that was my 20 minute story about last week so <laughs> well okay. we, since we have not recorded in ages and ages i went through the 30 tabs that I had opened and picked the stories that were still Nerd. somewhat relevant um i did want to start out here a lot of these would just be kind of headlines and we'll just discuss them because they're either Not super urgent or just because I don't feel like reading the whole article, but last, when was it, about a week or two ago, um, there are some people in my Facebook feed that are still kind of anti-vax and anti-mask and all that, and one of them posted like, new study proves that masks don't do anything, and here's the science to it, and I was like, oh, that's interesting, and so I read it and then kind of found another article about it. And yes, there was a study that said that, but in the way that they studied it, there was a couple flaws. Like they counted N95s and cloth masks and surgical masks all as the same thing. When only the N95 does the right thing. That's they it, also man. their group of masked people only wore their masks at work mm. everywhere else. They did not. And so Lots of stuff like that Whereas, like, yes, it did say that, but not, of course, what the media picks up and runs with right. it. So um, there is uh, that was called the Cochrane review that was suggesting that they didn't work. But um, if you want to look further into that um, masks, the N95 masks are still very effective. So as is the uh, COVID-19 <laughs> vaccine, <laughs> which means so how, how's Florida like in that? Well, Florida, some <laughs> county in Florida votes to ban the COVID-19 vaccine. So as Florida continues <laughs> to inexplicably ex- implode into a fascist nightmare state of what colleges are allowed to teach, people being arrested for books, vaccines being banned. <sighs> I need, I need something to me down. <laughs> I know. I don't know what's going to. are too small. Oh, hi, Todd. How's it going? <laughs>
2: Vulnerable, oh, that's vulnerable, vulnerable 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 <laughs>
0: vulnerable all right it will be interesting to me uh how many people die in, in florida <laughs> <laughs> that and um how i i understand that these policies in florida are popular in florida because that's who they elected and blah 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 it'll be interesting to see how that plays on a national stage um, in a way that Trump was able to galvanize the base as a whole. Whereas I feel like this is a situation where the only people galvanized are in Florida and the rest of the people are like mildly horrified, but I've been proven wrong many times before. So, um, well, digital video viewing tops traditional TV viewing for the first time. The market tractor, easy. Easy. Oh so, oh shame on me shame on me for pulling this forecast that they're saying it, it is about to um but it is getting close dropping to under 3 hours a week of, of national television um i'm falling apart what's what's going on here i need i need a pallet cleaner
2: a moment ago i ordered peanuts A
0: palate cleaner what a <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> It's been a stressful day. I had the Sunday school this morning. Sometimes you're driving the boat. Sometimes you're hoping the boat just doesn't sink. And today, I was just hoping the boat wouldn't sink.
2: So Wednesday we had the snow apocalypse around Portland. And, yeah, and and uh, so I'll tell you tell you my story. We'll just derail. Yes, you for, thank for you. For I'm, so, gonna so I'm gonna push this away. So we've been uh, uh, dog sitting, and uh, we have a new puppy who's like three months old. Four pounds, the cutest thing on the planet. I'll just show you. really. Yeah. Well, uh, he was
0: here when I came.
2: A different dog. Oh, okay. okay. And uh, it was this dog. Oh, uh, my gosh. Super that looks like super a little, cute. tiny stuffed animal. Little, tiny stuffed animal floof, <laughs> and, um, named Sadie. And Sadie's mom uh, is has a new job at Providence Health Center, which is uh, three quarters of a mile down uh, the street from us here. And we met her for the first time one week ago uh, as a meet and greet on a Sunday. Then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we watched the dog uh, during the day. Everything's great. And then Wednesday, Snowpocalypse comes. And uh, for those outside of the Portland metro area, the forecast was hey we might get as much of an as an inch but it's definitely not sticking it's too warm Air, you know don't worry about it everything's fine and then <clears throat> wednesday rolls around and wednesday evening starts happening it just starts dumping snow all over
0: portland only like uh, north of portland south of portland it's got, wild because got a little bit i got and i was expecting a ton because i'm up at 500 feet yep. and we got oh maybe three or four and it was like the very fluffy like wonder and i went into oregon city and they got like nothing so i don't know if there's something weird with the river too about yeah, how it was just north of and that so you guys still have it around
2: here. we still we still have like four inches of snow around uh but we we got oh yeah you know, like a foot and a half that night and uh portland airport which is uh stone's throw from here had the second most amount of snow in history uh, in recorded history Uh, the first was in 1942 and uh and so all that starts dumping uh she's from florida she's here to pick up her dog uh they the snow plow uh plowed their driveway the the driveway of where she works at the hospital, plowed the driveway into the front of the garage and locked everybody that worked at Providence Hospital into the garage. On and so purpose? As, no. Okay. Everybody was trying to leave excitedly <sighs> because the snow was starting to dump <sighs> and they literally just blocked blocked oh everybody my from being able to so it took two hours for them to remedy that. So she was sitting in her car in the garage for two hours (sighs) then she gets onto the road needs to go three quarters of a mile to our place it took two and a half more hours to get here so she finally shows up and the roads are locked up she lives on the other side of town on the west slope (laughs) up to uh, up to ohsu on one of the steepest streets in portland and she doesn't know how to drive in snow and she, she's like, I can't get home. Yeah, and we're like, stay with us. And so she did. And so for wow. two nights, two nights, she was stuck here, and and we had known her for like 48 hours, basically, <laughs> and watched her dog, you know, and, for, and so that so crazy, so kind of awkward, but uh, she was lovely. Uh, you know, that first night, Nick put a cabinet in front of our uh door in our bedroom just in case she turned out to be crazy and (laughs) tried to murder us i'm like really (laughs) i wake up in the morning i like move a a, a dresser and uh He's like, well, you you never know. Yeah, maybe she walks in her sleep and picks up knives and then walks into this room and stabs us. I'm like, okay, oh, Nick. <laughs> no, Nick, I love you, Nick. So, uh, um, so she stayed with us for two nights. She left on Friday. She was able to make it back to her place, but now her road is like uh, blocked off by cones and everything yeah, because wow. it's it's just impossible. So. Portland has had a, a, a rough week, a rough weekend, uh, and we're we're digging ourselves out.
0: It's, yeah. it's going well. And I think, yeah, I think that vibe has gone around. <laughs> Definitely got down to, to the three-year-olds this morning.
2: Oh, uh, the uh, three-year-olds, what I was going to yeah, get yeah, yeah, about yeah. school, is there were school bus drivers that had kids until like 8 or 9 p.m. because Whoa. they got locked in traffic. And so imagine picking up a child at, at picking up a school bus of children <laughs> at three going to be home by four right and you're you're rolling with them for four or five hours um going stir crazy needing to pee oh my needing, like all the things yeah, you know, yeah. they have nothing you're like oh there's a Gatorade bottle you know have fun kid uh you know it wow. just just terrible situations and uh and so so sunday school might have been bad but uh, be not thankful that. you're not a school bus driver in portland on this last wednesday
0: yes Ah, Well, in news that I would have expected to hear in the future when I was a child, (laughs) a mystery object gets shot down. We've that obviously an older story now and replaced by many, many others of the same way. But we have set up a new task force on UFOs. And kind of the last I heard was that they're just going to kind of stop commenting or investigating which is weird. I think the last one they shot down was someone's private balloon, which was kind of funny. They were like just doing weather experiments or whatever. There was whatever.
2: speculation about drug cartels, uh, you know, muling drugs with balloons and, you know, who knows.
0: And I believe it was like some ham radio group I, I, because that's me. always who's doing it. <laughs> um, oh, I've already worked myself up, so I'll skip the Idaho bill Thanks. that would allow parents to sue over, quote, harmful books in libraries. I, I hate our country. <laughs> well, patrons of a New York City gay bar incapacitated and robbed of thousands via facial recognition on their phones. The three men who were in their late 30s and 40s visited Chelsea Gay Leather Bar, the Eagle NYC, on separate on separate nights in October and November, and were each robbed of one to five thousand dollars. Police believe the criminals used facial recognition to access the victims' phones and funds once they were incapacitated. Um, so that is a scary new thing to have yeah. to think about being Gabe or ink incapac- about. So, so I imagine they were slip something in their drink and, and then they oh just oh use the Lord. facial recognition on their phones to get into things. Mm. Yeah.
2: That's why I have the attention set. Uh, so you, you have to look at the phone with your eyes. Oh. It can't just see your face. Oh, interesting. Uh, so if you have your okay. eyes closed or you're not looking at the phone, it won't open.
0: Right. And that's why I have no password to get into my phone. Perfect. (sighs) Well, drink this. (laughs) Uh, Well, the last news, the last time we talked about Lake Oswego was kind of when the public wanted or the private rich people wanted to keep the public citizens off the beach. Well, now Lake Oswego wants to shut down the city pickleball courts indefinitely. Due to noise complaints, this was a rather lengthy article that I cut down for some choice things because neighbors had expressed concerns about the health effects of the repeated banging at, at Tuesday's meeting. And they brought in Jenny Davis, a public health doctor and environmental attorney, to explain just how serious noise like this can be. She said that chronic, persistent environmental noise like the pickleball courts triggers the body's stress response instead it's linked to high blood pressure heart attack stroke type 2 diabetes obesity and premature death lord Uh, the pickleball court
2: not the pickleball court the hearing the pickleball court
0: is going to cause death and type 2 diabetes and, and obesity it's after yeah. hearing public comments, city councilors reviewed several options on how to either further reduce the sound from the pickleball courts or relocate them. Um, the park analyst presented a couple options. The first would be to install covers over the courts at George Rogers Park to help mitigate the noise. The coverage would also allow pickleball players to be played year around, but they would cost $100,000. <laughs> the second option is to relocate the pickleball the pickleball courts. And the rest <laughs> of that sentence not included is, relocate the pickleball courts into poor neighborhoods. <laughs>
2: exactly.
0: <laughs> We're the I mean, granted, it is annoying to hear pickleball noises, but also don't live next to a park. Right. How about that? <sighs> ah, plowing through. We're almost there. Um, Democrats induce a constitutional amendment to reverse citizens united which um, I did not pull the story, but I think one of the most important things moving forward is to remove or reverse yeah. Citizens United. So if you are one that engages with your um, elected officials, remind them that uh, they should be reversing that. But moving on to AI news, a member of Congress reads an AI-generated speech on the House floor. Jake oshin What? oshin Whatever. Uh, I had a brief, two-paragraph speech that was generated by ChatGPT. As Steph said, the first—they believe it's the first time AI-written speech was read in Congress uh, that we know about. Uh, he said he prompted the system, in part, to quote, write 100 words to deliver on the floor of the House of Representatives about the legislation. He said he had to refine the prompt several times to produce the text he ultimately read. The bill, which was is being ref, uh, refiled, would establish a joint US, uh, oh, this is about a serious thing, a joint US-Israel Al Center in the United States to serve as a hub for AI research and development in the public sectors. Mm. He said that part of the decision to read the uh, GPT generated text was to help spur debate on AI and the challenges and opportunities. He said he didn't want to see a repeat of the advent of social media which started small and ballooned faster than Congress could react. He said, I'm the youngest parent in the Democrat caucus. AI is going to be a part of my life, and it could be a general purpose tool, technology for my children. Um, And they don't want to be reflectively hostile to new technology, and there needs to be discussions. But um, there's this other one, too, about AI. A college student created an app that can tell whether AI wrote an essay. I'm in a policy class right now, and the professor is in her late late 50s, um, just kind of a firecracker, just loves policy, all of that, been involved in tons of it. And she's been talking about it, too. And she sent out a little paper that she wrote to us that credited her and Chat GPT. And she's saying, you know, everyone's worried about plagiarism and all that, but this is a tool that is going to be helpful in yep. some ways. We need to already start making it yep. clear that and... like crediting it, referencing it. And so it's, yeah, it's not just one thing. It's going to be a lot of things. So I thought it was interesting, especially as an older person that she was kind of excited for the, um, but speaking of the policy and actual forward thinking things that our government is shockingly doing, the white house did release a blueprint for an AI bill of rights, which is really, really fascinating. You can look it up on the white house website, Um, Or just Google it, but it's got a bunch of subsections about being protected, um, algorithmic discrimination protections, data privacy, um, notice and explanation of things, human alternatives, consideration and fallback for you should be able to call a company and talk to a human being to get your issues resolved. Um, And then how these things are going to apply to civil rights and equal opportunities and all of these things. So it's a really, really interesting forward-looking document that we usually don't get from people that are in their 80s that are running our country. Um, But I'm glad to see at least it is being discussed and that this other congressperson is addressing that too because it will need a lot of wrangling as it deploys in lighter news, there's going to be a new Oregon license plate. Have you seen it, Mark? I have not. Have you seen it? Have you heard I'm, about this? I'm looking it up right a now. A new bee-themed license plate. It's got Aww. some pollinators on it to celebrate a pollinator's paradise, I believe it is called. Yep, there it is. It's got a little little honeybee, or not a honeybee, one of the little bumblebees that we've got that mm-hmm. apparently Indiana live in the honeybee. ground. Yep. So that's kind of freaky. I yeah. wonder where they all came from. So there's that. Go get your new license plate today. Um the the um, moniker at the
2: beginning it is bz bz yeah
0: <laughs> i wonder what that must have meanings on do each of the special license plate or is that the so. same on every one of them i don't know interesting i wonder if that's to denote when you're just writing it down that it is one of the specialized license plates well lastly we finally made it
2: <laughs> Save the best for last. The
0: best for last, because we found an interesting thing about sea spiders, and that's that they can grow their lost anuses and sex organs. All been there. We already knew. We already knew that those arthropods could lose legs and then regrow them. But in a development that will no doubt inspire the next generation of Spider-Man stories. <coughs> what? what? All right, I'll leave that without comment. (laughs) I don't know what comics he's reading about Spider-Man regrowing his lost anus. (laughs) Anyway, a study has found that the underwater creatures have regenerative powers which extend to their entire bottom halves. No one had expected this, said Zoidberg, uh, lead research professor Gerhard Schultz. Other arthropods, invertebrates with no internal skeleton or background, but which do have an exoskeleton, uh, such as uh, centipedes, crabs, are also re-ca- uh, capable of regrowing limbs, and some can even go further. Starfish, un- starfish are able to regenerate their entire bodies <laughs> on locations, on occasion. And lizards, I knew that they can, they can get new tails. Flatworms can regenerate their whole body from a limited amount of tissue. On the other hand, us mammals cannot regenerate much liver, tissue, skin, but apart from that, very little. The study, which had been published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences journal, my favorite journal, said the hind limbs and back ends of 23 sea spiders saw them amputated. Oh, so we didn't find ones that had already been hurt. (laughs) We just yanked off their limbs to see what would happen. Oh. While four older spiders did not regrow anything, oh dear, did they take all the legs? Is it just a, a bump now? So <laughs> there's something about a bump in the log in the bottom of the sea. I think we found it. <laughs> but nineteen of the juveniles did. Um, 16 regenerated at least one lost body part, 14 recovered their posterior, and 90% survived long term despite the amputations. Um, Hopefully, someday this might advance treatments for human amputees. Quote, I don't think sea spiders will play a crucial role, but who knows? The more you know about regeneration in the animal kingdom, the better you might be able to use it for a medical treatment. So. I have a limbs <clears throat> yanked off today, <laughs> do not you? <laughs> <laughs> Good times. Ah, we made it. Yay. We made it through.
2: So, for a topic today, I thought, um, I, 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 I can't speak. <laughs> welcome, um, to, welcome to my Welcome to Todd's World. <laughs> uh, so, I was going to do a topic on Roosevelt Island in New York City, okay. which uh, has... Uh, basically the entire topic i can say in like three sentences so it uh, and so i i i do i just found
0: more notes oh i was going to say oh. if you need me to fill time i just No 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 I've, I've
2: got another topic uh and so uh roosevelt roosevelt island uh is a, just a little island in the west river that um are these were i don't know anything about new york yeah no, no, no. it was a penitentiary for a while and then a hospital and where they like it was where anybody that shouldn't live in the class with the classes, uh, they sent them off to uh, Roosevelt Island, which okay. is just this, this two mile island strip in the middle of the river, and and um, in the sixties uh, they closed down the last hospital and they were going to start a new community, but the problem with the island was there's not, uh, cars allowed except, uh, in one tiny little patch. And so the residential areas are not covered by streets and, and vehicles. And so they needed a, a, a solution for garbage collection. And in the early seventies, Disney world had opened up and they went to Disney to learn how they managed trash okay. and they created a pneumatic system and an air uh, vacuum system of like the tubes, old banks yeah uh, of tubes underneath the the land and uh there that connects to their disposal you know wow. unit. and so they've just got a big, big pneumatic system for collecting How trash fun. and it's been problematic recently and they need to upgrade but in order to do so they need to uplift all the buildings and uh, so right. it's, just, it's got its issues yeah but
0: um that's so cool though. that was
2: the entire topic okay, <laughs> and I'm like, okay. so yeah. um so i thought i'd bring it a little back uh, a little closer back to portland and have you ever heard of sam Schoen and his uh his wife anna marie uh anna marie Anna Mary Carly
0: Schoen. (laughs) Um,
2: That is hard to say. Annie
0: Mary Carly Schoen. Anna
2: Mary Carly Schoen.
0: Wow. Uh,
2: No, I have not. (laughs) So uh, Sam, uh, he was born in Minnesota in 1916 and moved to Portland 100 years ago in 1923. Uh, Went to uh, Oregon State University and uh he was going to be part of uh he, he was accepted into medical school and he got uh he left medical school for this reason Shawn was suspended from med- medical school during his fourth year after he quote called present during a roll call for an absent classmate and so he was sent to he he was uh wow he was suspended and uh, that's hardcore he was suspended and he never returned he's like screw you all (laughs) i'm out of here good for him so uh he was in the navy and became a corpsman in the navy doing medical medical things in the navy and was in world war ii came back from world war ii living in los angeles with his wife so here's where the the story kind of takes a turn He uh, is discharged from the Navy. They're living in Los Angeles. They want to move back to their home in Portland, Oregon. And uh, his wife is from his family. His wife's family has a uh, farm out in Ridgefield, Washington, just about a half an hour north of Portland here. And they want to take their things back from Los Angeles. They want to move to Portland. And uh, they can't. rent a trailer that is a one-way trailer they can rent a trailer locally sure yeah yeah, yeah. or they can buy a trailer right right and so uh they discard a bunch of their stuff they pile everything that they can in their car and they head north to portland right and and during that ride they're like if this, only there was a better if way. If only there was a better way, and so uh, they made it uh, up to Portland, and um, Sam started U-Haul in. I was going to say in, in Ridgefield, Washington. It's beginning to sounds very familiar. Yeah. Oh so, wow. So Ridgefield, Washington, is the home of U-Haul, and he started it by literally he had $5,000 and that's, that was his life savings that he had accrued over, over the years. And he's like 27 at the time. And he, um, uh, spends it all to, to cobble together, uh, uh, about a dozen, a couple dozen trailers that he buys from individuals and little things. And, um, he initially is, like renting them out of his out of the farm in ridgefield and not getting a lot of traction and so he works a deal with uh about 30 no he had 30 trailers uh, with uh, about a half a dozen different gas stations in portland in vancouver and seattle and uh they can get a portion of the money for the rental of okay. the trailer, and uh, and so he. That's the the founding of U-Haul. He then um, the trailers were breaking down more often than not. He literally learns to weld so that he can keep the costs low. And uh, gathers more trailers, invents his own little trailer thing that's the covered classic uh, you know, U-Haul trailer. Yeah. And uh, and the rest is history. And so by so how the did- 1950s, early 1950s, uh, they had 10,000 trailers in service across the United States. So by 1955 I was gonna say, or so how did he became, solve
0: did was there how did he solve that problem of people who wanted to drive to another state like yeah. if you're just starting and, your business how yeah. did he do and that And so
2: initially it was just like you could drive to seattle and leave it in seattle and uh once you had locations throughout uh different you know and so opened a new location in los angeles and now between los angeles and uh, seattle and portland and vancouver you could travel and so he just started over the next eight years uh became a nationwide company and uh he ended up like his wife died of congenital heart disease and but he had like 13 kids (laughs) between her and three other wives uh there was like uh in order and one in each
0: u hall location. <laughs> totally.
2: Uh, and so in, in the eighties, two of his sons kind of took over the company and, and purchased the company. Each of the children, uh, received a, a very large portion of stock in the company and he only retained 2% of, of it oh, and wow. gave the rest of it to his children. And there's speculation of like how, uh, how giving that was or was it tax avoidance and, and uh, who who knows? Well, rich people uh,
0: usually do things out of the kindness of their own heart. So I'm sure whatever option that is, because you just,
2: and so in the eighties uh, he, uh, the sons took over the company uh, and that company still exists today. Uh, it's publicly traded and uh, he passed away in, at 99. Uh, they, in the, uh, in the '60s, they moved from Portland, being the hub, from being the headquarters, they moved it to Phoenix, Arizona, mm. and uh, so it's still uh, based in Phoenix, Arizona, to this day. And uh, they, he died of a car accident, and the the Wikipedia just says like, and they ruled it a suicide. No, and uh, like, what? what? <laughs> There's no other context around that. I couldn't find any other mm, raises reference to more that. Questions yeah. Then. And so like really a car crash into a telephone pole is, yeah, you know. Uh, huh. Yeah. Uh, and so we don't, I, I don't know the details, but I'm sure somebody does. Wow. But, um, hometown hero. How did you here? stumble so, upon his
0: name? Uh,
2: I was thinking about, <coughs> I was thinking about like, um, hometown heroes yeah, of, yeah. of stuff and i used to manage the website ridgefieldusa.com and i remember oh, funny. that like their Ridge, claim to fame their claim to fame was like u-haul was founded in ridgefield washington <laughs> and uh and then i was pulling up videos about portland and and everything and and the u-haul video came i'm like oh yeah this is great and so uh just nice. sam Sh- shown, sam shown s um
0: S-H-O-E-N. E-S-H. No, hold on. And Mary, choo, Riley, choo, choo, Kaylee, Ashley.
2: S-H-O-E-N. Okay. Oh, okay. Shown, uh, but the Wikipedia says specifically oh. pronounced Shown. Um, okay. Anna, Mary, Carly, Shown. Anna, Mary, Carly,
0: Shown. Anna, Mary, Carly, Shown. That's what the mom who can't remember their kid's name when they're getting in trouble and can't Ma- M- remember. Mary. Anna,
2: Mary, Carly, Carly, <laughs> Car- Car- oh, that- <laughs> <I> Get, I... <laughs> know where you live
0: <laughs> i will find you. uh oh that's very cool yeah i had no idea that 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 started around here that's fascinating local hero well i did find um i've got let's see two other things here i think um, the first was that um so i did my uh a dr rip video a uh, uh, month ago probably the one that I I my apology video where I'm crying and all that and I was showing my friend Dana at church that and she goes um well, it's funny I was having a conversation with someone last week who was like oh we should set we should set Todd up you know he 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 shouldn't be alone and and Dana said you know I I think Todd is is oddly fulfilled and then i sh- and then that after i showed her my video she's like yeah i think that was the right call i think you're oddly fulfilled and i was like good keep that word out <laughs> oddly fulfilled. oddly fulfilled was, uh, showing uh, a video of myself crying do you have to go
2: nope, nope. No, no no
0: no okay well the uh, so one last thing or one and a half last things so I'm sitting in uh, the booth at the show. And on the second day, the first day we didn't have that table next to us. That was like checking in right. people's things. The second day we did. And there's a guy that's setting up there and I kind of, I'm looking at him like, man, he looks familiar, but whatever. And it's nagging on me. And after a little while he comes over and he's like, you look really familiar to me. And I was like, you look familiar to me too, but I had no idea. And he's like, I can't place it either. And so we kind of left it, and we're like, okay, well... And then so a couple hours went by, and we just kept being like, Hmm. where's it from? We're going to figure it out. Have you seen Lost? (laughs) (laughs) Were you the one making a (laughs) fool out of yourself in front of Leah Thompson? Thompson. That's what it is. (laughs) So finally I was like, okay, well, it's usually from... Rick Emerson and Fun Employment Radio. So I go, do you, know, do you know what Fun Employment Radio means? Do those words mean anything to you? He's like, no. And I was like, okay, well, that's not that. And I don't think it's church. And those are the two big groups. Right. And so I go, well, where do you live? And he goes, Wilsonville. And all of a sudden oh, his no. eyes got big and he goes, oh, Seven Eleven. Oh, no. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're the guy from 7-Eleven. And like, he pulls out his huge (laughs) double gulp that he had. And so I can't remember if he, (laughs) I can't remember. And I was like, and I moved away, which is why I haven't seen him in a while. And so it didn't click. And he either used to work there or know the people that worked there, but he was there all the time and he was always coming in for refills too. And so we kind of had that, we had never talked. yeah, And then, um, COVID happened and we weren't allowed to bring our refill drinks in. So I just take mine into my hoodie or whatever. And it was all obvious and he would always see it and like point it out and it was like our secret thing and all that. And so he ended up being next to me at that thing. And we finally figured it out. It was so satisfying, but
2: we, I'm trying to remember where we were. We were at a party with some friends and one of the friends brought her mom and uh, her mom looked really familiar just like that. Yeah. And, and turns out that she was a checker for 23 years at the Safeway down the street from our old <laughs> house in Vancouver. Wow. And uh, so she, she's like, I, I remember you guys. Yeah. Because <laughs> you know? oh, we lived there for 12 years and that was our Safeway. Yeah. It was yeah, our yeah. grocery store.
0: And uh, at, yeah, that so was, was my Seven Eleven. Yeah. Oh, funny. Hilarious. <laughs> Funny, funny. All right. Well, do you have anything else? Nope. I have one last thing, and it's just what we'll play us out with. And it is a new song. So every once in a while, I'm not a music person. Every once in a while, I become absolutely obsessed with something, and I will just play it over and over and again. And I, I'm so indie. When I discovered this song, I was the first person to listen to it because I know who made it. But I was expecting, it's the child of um it's the child, it's uh, of our friend Joni DeRoshi and her um her son makes music and stuff like that. And usually it's like this pop punky, you know, my chemical romance, blink one eighty-two, that kind of because uh he's in his mid twenties and grew up on that. And it's always, it's always, it's always fun and good and always very poppy. But this song is a little different. It's called stay inside. And you know how there's always a song of the summer, like to get us out there and get us there. There's no like songs of winter, like to be cozy. Let's just, you know? And so this song, and I don't know what it is about me. It's all these Neat little extra noises and things. But I'm just going to go ahead and play the whole thing, the whole four-minute thing uh, as we go out. So uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. It was nice to be back with you, Mark. This has been great. It was Thanks, nice. Todd. So we will see you guys again soon. Here's Stay Inside, sensitivity which starts as a Sensodyne commercial.
2: Feels like
0: somebody's Turn that off. Uh, but the band is the Bidusi, B-E-D-U-S-S-E-Y, exclamation point. So you can find them on YouTube and all the other places I think.